Hi everyone, welcome to Curious Minds Podcast. My name is Riley and I have a bachelor's degree in social work and I am currently in my master's degree program with plans to become a licensed clinical social worker. I want to work with children and adolescents in a clinical context and eventually do play therapy. I have been in therapy myself my entire life. I went when I was four, five, and six years old, 11 years old, 13 and 14 years old, and I have been with my current therapist for going on two years. I am also in couples counseling. I struggle with anxiety, depression, and PTSD, and I'm being psychologically evaluated for ADHD as well. My name is John. I have no relation to the field of social work or psychology. I work as a production manager at a sports arena, and I've only just started recently going to therapy for ADHD and depression. I am also in couples counseling with my fiance who sits across from me. The way this podcast is going to work, John is going to ask questions that uh, he has about the field of social work, the field of therapy, mental health in general, um, and I'm going to answer them with the knowledge that I have from my degree. Um, And later, we'll start taking suggestions for topics and questions. So each episode will be a different area of therapy uh, that we will discuss. Legal disclosure. Uh, We are not licensed. Uh, John is certainly not licensed in his field, but I am not yet licensed, uh, even though I'm working towards it, which means we cannot provide therapy and we cannot provide diagnoses. As the show progresses... When we begin taking those suggestions from people about what they want to hear, if in those suggestions there is something about yourself that raises a red flag, such as suicidal ideation, homicidal ideation, self-harm statements, I'm a mandated reporter and will have to file a report. So we're going to go ahead and get started on our first episode, which is just a general intro to therapy and destigmatizing it. So why go to therapy? Well, what is therapy? So essentially, therapy is professional intervention that focuses on improving mental health and well-being. It's a collaborative process between the professional and the client, um, and it provides support, guidance, and interventions to navigate difficulties, enhance coping skills, and promote personal growth and healing. It involves regular sessions, and it can be anywhere from once weekly to once monthly. Some people only see their counselor every couple weeks, every couple months. It really is a personal preference. Therapy uses various approaches and techniques, such as cognitive behavioral therapy, dialectical behavioral therapy, psychodynamic therapy, humanistic therapy, family therapy, so on and so forth. And we'll break each one of those down as we progress through our episodes. It is a safe confidential and non-judgmental space. All therapists, no matter how they got their license, are bound to confidentiality. So whatever you say there stays there. Um, And people can go for a variety of reasons, including anxiety, depression, trauma, relationship difficulties, grief and loss, stress management, self-esteem concerns, chronic illness, parenting troubles. You name it, a therapist can help you with it. It seems like a lot of stuff to just go to somebody to talk to about it. I mean, how does that end up helping people in the long run? What are the benefits? There are tremendous benefits to therapy. First off, emotional support. It helps to just have someone to talk to about what's going on in your life, especially someone who is a neutral third party, someone who can provide an opinion that isn't that of your friends or family. 
Um, it helps increase your self-awareness and gain insight into your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Um, the therapist encourages self-reflection and self-discovery, which allows you to better understand yourself and the people around you. Um, they also help with improved coping skills, such as problem solving and relaxation techniques. You also will gain enhanced relationships through improved communication and interpersonal skills. And finally, one of the bigger things is personal growth and empowerment uh, because therapists foster a sense of resilience and self-confidence. They encourage anyone in their treatment to identify and pursue their values and goals. And I know this seems like a lot, but obviously this goes over a long period of time. I also know that there are a lot of stigmas surrounding therapy. So John and I are gonna go back and forth where he shares one um, and I'm able to de debunk it. Um, and we, we had a lot of these thoughts too, um, going into therapy, even myself in this field felt a lot of these feelings that we're about to share about entering therapy and I still do at times. So know that they are normal. Yeah, I mean, probably everyone we're about to mention were reasons why I put it off for definitely a lot longer than I should have. Mm -hmm. Same for me. Uh, and I think the first and probably biggest one that I feel a lot of people say is that if you go to therapy, it's you know a sign of weakness or failure or just openly giving up and having to go to someone else to solve your problems. Which is an understandable thing to think. Um, however, and it'll take time to realize this, but it's actually a very courageous step towards self-improvement and emotional well-being. That voice that is telling you that you are a weakness or a failure, that is that anxiety or that depression, that trauma, whatever it may be, taking over and trying to discourage you from seeking the help that could actually be very beneficial to you. And you still may feel those things even when you're going to your first appointment, even on your 30th appointment. You just might not be in the right uh, mindset that day and still think, you know what, I feel like a failure today. And that's okay. Communicate that with your therapist. That is why they're there. They want to talk through all of those things with you. And the next thing that always kind of held me back was I thought it's only for, you know, severe mental health or trauma, not just, oh, I have trouble functioning with ADHD. So that's not something for me. Absolutely. Anyone can seek therapy services for any kind of struggles even if it is just guidance on a self-improvement journey. You may not believe that you have any degree of mental health issues or you believe they aren't severe enough and you really just want to talk to someone to see how you can make simple changes in your life to better function. Like John said, ADHD functioning and how to improve his executive functioning overall, that is absolutely something you can go for. You can find a therapist that is especially suited to that that kind of work well i'm always worried about the confidentiality of it all i mean i'm i say some pretty embarrassing stuff in there and i'd rather not see that somehow get back to people i know which again a completely understandable worry but it truly never will and if it does that therapist will lose their job um all therapists especially social workers, are bound by something called the Code of Ethics. Um, and that means that we have a confidentiality requirement to our jobs. So 
anything that is said within that space of therapy, it remains in that space of therapy with a few conditions, which I'm sure will make sense once I, once I share them. If you are expressing a desire to harm yourself or harm others, that is something that has to go outside of the therapy space because your therapist just wants to keep you safe and their goal is to protect you and anyone around you that you may be thinking about endangering. Um, and the other thing, the other time that there may be that break of confidentiality is when it is the case of a child. Um, the therapist is working with a child. The child expresses something such as they're suffering abuse in their home. That is when confidentiality breaks, again, just for the safety of that person um, to file a report with Child Protective Services or Department of Social Services, whatever it may be in that area. But those are the only times where that confidentiality would ever be broken. Otherwise, every last thing you say there remains there. The other thing I will say, therapists do take notes. A lot of them do. After appointments, they have to type it up into their system, do documentation. However, the majority of therapists keep those notes very vague in case those notes would ever be subpoenaed by a legal entity and they would need to go to court to speak about the things spoken in, in, about in your sessions, your therapist would have only very vague notes to go off of so that you would still be protected and the content of your sessions would be protected. And if that's something you're concerned about, about how detailed your notes are, ask your therapist. I recently asked mine and asked if she could tell me what she's taking notes on so that I could be informed and she read them over and they were very vague. They hardly mentioned any of the issues I talked about, rather just general themes that were just sort of overarching across the session. Well, another thing that, you know, always held me back was I never thought that it would work for me. I thought that it was just, you know, again, two people talking. I, I couldn't imagine that being any way effective in actually helping me get better in uh you know my with my functioning or adhd in general uh it just it didn't seem like something that would actually work for me which makes sense however studies do show the positive impacts of therapy um it is just very beneficial to have someone to talk to like i said that third party that's sort of removed from your life um understands enough about who you are and the people that are in your life but not so involved that they aren't able to give um, an abstract opinion, um, an unbiased opinion on certain situations and give you that guidance. And it may take some time. You're not going to be feeling better after that first appointment. And the goal is not to fix you, of course. There's nothing wrong with anyone. However, it will take time across appointments to achieve the goals that you set forth. But a lot of therapists will set goals on that first appointment and then it is often good to look back after a set of appointments a certain number say 10 appointments and see how you're doing on achieving those goals and if you feel like they're not being met the way you would hope talk to your therapist about it and say I'd like to work more on this goal and over time you will realize that there is progress being made as I look back on my therapy experiences I know that progress has been made um, struggling with PTSD. It's been two, almost two years since the event 
happened that caused me to develop PTSD. And I've seen tremendous progress in being able to talk about that event, um, being able to remember things that had happened that I had pushed away, and even moving forward and being able to live my life normally. Um, it took time, of course, but it did work. And I think John would speak to seeing progress as well. Yeah, I've, I've only been going for, um, you know, a couple months at this point, but I've definitely gotten a lot better. At, and just, it's little things. It's the little things that my therapist has been helping me with to, you know, improve my daily function. I've been a lot better at, uh, you know, my memory. I've been a lot better at staying focused and staying on tasks with, uh, you know, little mind tricks, essentially. He's, uh, he, they're making me hypnotize myself into doing things better, which is not the medical term of probably not the correct way to say it, but that's how I'm going to say it. It's definitely not the correct medical term, but I do understand what he's trying to say. Um, and it's a modality that we'll explain in a later episode. Um, and then the last thing, I, I always feel like I'm going to get judged by friends and family before telling them I have to go to therapy. I mean, it seems like something that, you know, I kind of want to keep from them, especially. Um, it, something that always makes me nervous on how they're going to react or how they're going to come to me about it. Absolutely. And I've felt that way too. Um, for a while, I avoided telling my parents that I needed to seek therapy services again, and I let things get pretty bad. Um, however, at some point, I realized, sort of as we talked about earlier, that it's not a sign of weakness. It's not a sign of failure. I was taking a step towards helping myself and ensuring that I could do more good later because I was helping myself now. So you really do not owe anyone an explanation. You don't even have to tell anyone where you're going. You know, if you have weekly appointments, then it's your your weekly walk around the park, that that's what you tell people and then you get to go have that therapy session. And it's not your job to educate others or inform others about the things going on in your life. However, if it is a matter of insurance through your parents or through your partner and you don't want them to know, that's also completely understandable and there are affordable and free services available. And that's something to look into, um, something that we'll talk about in the next episode about where to find those services. Um, and I also understand there's cultural stigma, absolutely. In certain cultures, there's definitely the idea of um, not getting help and you're fine, you've been through worse, our family has been through worse. Um, but again, you don't owe your family those explanations and it is really commendable of you to be working on breaking generational traumas and generational issues um, and taking steps to fix things for yourself. I also know that there is stigma surrounding men going to seek therapy services as well. There's definitely that uh, gender, sex-based stigma um, of, you know, men shouldn't show emotions, just push it all down. Um, John, do you want to speak to that at all? Spot on. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I, I definitely don't think that I face that as bad as I've known others to. Um, I had a pretty good support system growing up and you know all, all my friends are very 
good with allowing me to express any issues that I'm having. Um, but at the same time, I have heard many stories from guys I used to be friends with in high school or college where they, uh, actually one of my friends got kicked out of his, uh, apartment with his other friends for showing that because they were all just laying on him, you know, after he opened up about a breakup, I think. Um, but you know, it's, it's definitely a much bigger problem than a lot of people believe. Um, and it's also a difficult thing to talk about because of, you know, a lot of the people who say that, you know, men shouldn't have that part of them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but like we said, we, we have felt and understand all of these issues and reasons not to go, but we also think that there are a lot of reasons to go and at the very least consider going. Um, and so that sort of brings us to the end of our first episode. Um, every episode is going to conclude with resources. Uh, we want you to know that you are not alone. You are wanted here. You are loved. 988 is the National Suicide Prevention Line. Crisis Text Line is also available to you. That is a text, like an actual online text line. You do not have to physically speak to anyone. You just get to message. Both of those are available 24-7. The Trevor Project is available to members of the LGBTQIA plus community. And findtreatment.gov can help you find services in your area. It is an online search website to help you locate therapy if you are looking for it. We will be back hopefully next week with our second episode about how to find a therapist and who is right for you. And thank you for listening.